Amen, amen indeed. Let's pray together as we turn to God's word this morning. Father God, you are great. And as we declare these things together this morning, God, we desire for our hearts to be in line with that, God. That we would become less, that you can become more. That as we submit to you and humble ourselves, that your glory is increased, God. That as we seek to follow you and live in line and in tune with your spirit, God, that your kingdom would grow and expand. Father, everything is about you. It's all about you. Your glory, your fame, your love, your mercy, your presence. God, we desire to be in line with that. We desire to submit, to humble ourselves and be what you created us to be. So Father God, as we turn to your word this morning, we pray that you would speak, that you would move, that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear from you, that we can understand you a little more fully and love you a little more deeply and follow you a little more closely, that we can share you a little more fully in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Can we smell lunch? This is going to be tough. Is this going to be tough? Are we going to make it? Lunch is coming. We're going to get there. I have a slightly shorter sermon today even, so that we can slightly. It's still me. We're going to talk for a while here, but it's going to be good. It looks like it's big kids. Is it big kids today? Go big kids. Grade four, five, six. Go have fun. It's going to be great. Uh, Well, amen. It is Palm Sunday today. It is a day of celebration, the day of the triumphal entry. And it's a little snowier outside than it probably was on that road to Jerusalem all those years ago. It's probably a little hotter and drier that day, but uh, it's okay. But Jesus was welcomed into Jerusalem by crowds crying out in worship and praise, Hosanna. Blessed is the king, declaring him to be the king of kings and celebrating the coming of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. It's a day of joy and a day of worship and a day of celebration and a day of declaration. God has kept his promise and we are saved. But at the same time, it's a little bit of a strange day. It's a day with something of a little bit of of heaviness hanging over it because this is the beginning of the Easter week. And the shadow of the cross stretches back through this week and hangs over this day. The crowds that are crying out in worship will shout, crucify him and the people laying palm branches and coats on the road will in just a few days be hurling insults and as we walk through this week and consider what Jesus has done what he had to do for us the joy that we feel as we too shout Hosanna is mixed with that knowledge that the weight of our sin will rest on his shoulders as he hangs on that cross. It's a wonderful day and a strange day. And what we are going to walk through in just a few days here, on that powerfully named Good Friday, does not change the fact 
that they were right. They were going to turn on him. They did not know what was coming. They did not know what he was going to do, what he had come to do, what he was born to do, but they were right. As they lined the road that day, he is the king. And the kingdom he brings is far greater than anything we can see. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords, the Messiah, God incarnate. And he is here to change the world and save us all. Hosanna in the highest indeed. The king is here. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 19. And we're going to be reading this story together. We'll start in verse 28 as we join our hearts with those cheering crowds and watch and see what Jesus is revealing to us about who he is and what he means. Again, we find this story in Luke chapter 19 and there's, things are kind of ramping up at this time. Jesus has just healed the ten men with leprosy. And then he goes on and kind of teaches about the kingdom of God and the crowds are growing and the children are brought to him and he blesses them. And then he has this interaction with the rich young ruler and Jesus talks about how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God and he heals a blind man outside the gates of Jericho on his way to Jerusalem and he goes to the house of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, and completely confounds all of the religious people gathered there when he says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. A Roman tax collector is a son of Abraham too. I don't know if we can understand how big of a statement that is. This is a whole sermon series on its own, what Jesus is doing here. But we see miracles and healings and crowds and teachings, lives being impossibly transformed, everything ramping up more and more and more. Could this be, is this the Messiah that we have been waiting for? People are getting excited. They don't know what to do, but they're kind of starting to think that this might be it. So let's read together. Luke chapter 19, verse 28. Jesus has done some teaching here, and he says, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place 
where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones themselves will cry out. Amen. They sang and they praised and they worshipped and they danced. But Jesus knew that they did not see. They did not see what God was doing. And even as he rides into the city being heralded as king, he weeps for the city and the people because he knows what's coming. This moment was an important moment. Even if the people did not understand what was truly happening, it was an inauguration. The announcement of the coming of the kingdom of God that something was about to happen. That was going to change everything. That somehow something different was going to take place. That life, the world was not going to be the same anymore. God had been at work from the dawn of time. From the first moment of creation. His presence and his power had been everywhere. Working and moving. Unfolding through history. Through Adam and Eve. And Cain and Abel and Seth, Noah and his family, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Joseph and Moses and Joshua, Saul and David and Solomon, Israel and Egypt and Judah and Babylon and Rome, his purposes were being revealed across nations and centuries in the lives of people and in the words of his law. And from the fall, through the flood, through the building of his chosen people to bring his message of hope and salvation to the whole world, God had been moving. Bringing all things to this moment, to the coming of Jesus. To the kingdom revealed in this man. Through the life and ministry of Jesus, he has been teaching and telling people that the kingdom of God is near. In Mark chapter 1, the time has come, Jesus said. The kingdom of God is coming near. Repent and believe the good news. Over and over he told them, the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of God is coming. Trying to help them to see, to understand what his kingdom was. That it wasn't meant to be around them, outside of them. It wasn't a system. It wasn't a nation. It was Him. The kingdom was Him. And by His Spirit, He would live in them. In us. And here on that day, He announced to the world that it was time. That the kingdom wasn't just near, it was here. And it was going to change everything. He was going to change everything. This year we've been talking about this idea of sacred presence, of 
That God has given us this mission and this purpose to bring the power and presence of the kingdom into the lives of the people around us, into the world all around us, our homes, our neighborhoods, our community, our workplaces, wherever we are, we are the presence of Jesus there. His kingdom there. Brought near into the lives of the lost and the broken and the hurting. And it's interesting because so often I think we can feel like we're still waiting for something. For something more. That there's supposed to be something else happening yet. It can't be me. It can't be us. This can't be it. We're waiting for something to be right, for God to do something, something else, something more. For the moment to be right, or there's more to come somehow. Then God will do something more, and then I'll be ready to step in. To be a part of building the kingdom, to make disciples, being obedient, sacrificing, sharing the good news. Then I'll be ready to go. When I see God move, whatever that looks like whatever we're waiting for. But the reality is, and what Jesus reveals to us here on the back of that donkey, and even more profoundly in a few days, is that this is it. There's nothing more to be done. There's no waiting to be done. After all those centuries through the wilderness and the wandering, the law and the prophets and the promises here on that dusty road in Israel with crowds waving palm branches, God said, my kingdom is here. It's him. It's Jesus. And in him you will find life. And then you will bring that life to others. It's a powerful truth and it's a profound challenge to us because the mission is real and your purpose, your role is real. But he did not leave us to do it on our own because the story of the triumphal entry connects to the story of Pentecost in the book of Acts, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Because here in the Gospel of Luke, God says that he has established his kingdom here on earth in the person of Jesus. And then in Acts, he shows us that he has then established that kingdom in us. As the power of the Spirit came to rest on those followers of Jesus and he built his church to bring his message of hope and life through them into the world. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak other languages as the Spirit enabled them. This is it. The kingdom is here in Jesus and he has given us his spirit that the kingdom can live through us. 
Jesus has done what He meant to do, and He is everything that we needed Him to be. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the gate, the good shepherd, the true vine, the way, the truth, and the life. And He is here. And by His Spirit, He lives in us. The kingdom is here, and it lives in you. Isn't that incredible? We are invited to be a part of the kingdom of heaven on earth, each of us, and together. Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven to earth And His death and resurrection restored our connection to our Father and His Holy Spirit has come that He can then live in us. The kingdom is here and it lives in you, in us. And if we're waiting for something else, there is nothing else. There's nothing more that God can give us. He has given us His Son and He has given us His Spirit and He has given us each other in the church. And so now this is it. We are it, the church around the world and stretching through time, bringing the hope of the gospel to the lives of the people around us. And Jesus is inviting you to step into his kingdom, to be a part of what he is doing, to let the Spirit work in you, bringing hope and freedom and transformation and forgiveness and new life And as that happens, you will begin to see the work of the Spirit pouring out of you into the lives of others as the freedom that you have experienced brings freedom to them. As the love you have experienced brings love to them. As the hope and healing you have experienced brings healing to them. And it's happening now, all around you, all around us, all around the world. God's kingdom is alive. And together we get to share in what He is doing as we walk together and worship together and build together and just get to be together. Enjoying friendship and fellowship and the unity of the Spirit and even potlucks. Worshiping together and bringing glory to God just by being His children together. The nature of God's kingdom is relationship. He is relationship in Himself and He is inviting us into true and real relationship with Him and with each other and with each person that we meet. Sharing the joy of who He is as we live and work and worship as He created everything to be at the beginning. And so today we celebrate the coming of the King. The inauguration of the kingdom. He is here. And we worship with those crowds 2,000 years ago and we also see the challenge that God has placed before us that His kingdom has come and His will is being done on earth as it is in heaven and we carry that work forward in the power of the Spirit. And someday Jesus will return and we do wait for that day and we pray for that day. 
But that is the end. And here now today, the kingdom lives in us, in you, and there is work for us to do. The kingdom of God is eternal and it lives in the hearts of each person who has been made alive in the power of Jesus. The Holy Spirit living in their heart, transforming them into the image of our Savior. And filling them with the love and power of God. And bringing forgiveness and freedom and everlasting life. So let's celebrate. The kingdom is here and we ask that question, how are you serving? How are you sharing? How are you loving and building? How are you giving and living in the power of the Holy Spirit? In the image of Jesus, bringing the kingdom inside of you to each person you meet. This morning we're going to celebrate communion together. We remember what Jesus has done to bring the kingdom to us, to bring freedom to us, to bring the presence of God alive in us. The king has laid down his life for us to pay the price for our sin and bring us home. So this morning as we take communion together, I invite you to think and pray about that. What are we waiting for? We're ready to step into the life that Jesus has provided for us by His sacrifice with His Spirit. We have a number of stations set up around the room. If you're new or newer with us, we'd invite you. Uh, we're going to play some music and give an opportunity for people to pray and, and reflect. And as you feel led to make your way to one of the crosses and you can take the elements, you can do that as an individual or with your family or with friends and pray together. And then take those elements as you feel led. And then in a few minutes, we're going to invite the worship team to come back on up and they're going to lead us in our closing song as we get ready to continue worshiping and celebrating together with food and fellowship. But now let's come to the cross and consider what Jesus has done for us and the power and life that He is inviting us into. Let's pray together and then we'll take communion together. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for who he is and what he has done. And we stand with those crowds all those years ago. And we declare, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of kings. The Messiah has come. He is here to save us all. We thank you that he was willing to live and die for us, to show us what life was meant to be and then bring us back to that life by his death and resurrection. And so God, as we come to the crosses this morning, we pray that your spirit would speak and move. God, that we would be ready to submit again in a new and deeper way, God, that you would reveal those parts of our hearts that we are holding on to and holding back, that sin that we won't release. And that, God, you will help to relieve us of that. Remove it from us, God. That we can walk more fully in the life that you have built for us. That we can bring the kingdom alive in us to people around us. Father God, we pray that you would speak and move this morning as we come to the crosses. In Jesus' name, amen.